Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika soft gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. Mom Show with Joyce and Amy, the podcast where we are telling the inspiring stories of the real women in the emerging cannabis industry. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber. I'm a former family law attorney, a mother of two, and I've been speaking with women from coast to coast who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving, and along with my Kenna sister, realtor cancer survivor and mom, Amy Searles. Hey, hey. We're on a <laughs> mission to empower women-centric cannabis businesses by sharing their stories with you. Today's guest, today's guest's personal cannabis story began, as so many do, with the inability of traditional medicine, medical institutions to heal her pain. At the age of 27, she was seriously injured in a work situation, which resulted in years of medications and the development of an autoimmune disorder. Her first experience with cannabis as medicine was on a trip to Colorado with her brother and her mom, where her relief was almost immediate. Then in 2015, she became one of the first patients in Massachusetts to receive her medical marijuana card. Once her own body began to heal, she set out on a mission to help others. And in 2017, she headed out west to Oregon to learn everything she could about cannabis industry, from cultivation to production. And on her return to the great Commonwealth of Massachusetts, she went to work educating, advocating, and healing. Please welcome to the Cannamom Show, Julianne Mejia of Holistic Hemp Solutions. Welcome, Julie. Welcome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. I'm um, honored to be here today. We are honored to have you. So there's a lot of stuff going on today. Um, 
we're going to go through your story. We're going to go what you're doing. And, um, you know, there's a lot to talk about. Cannabis touches everything. It touches coronavirus. So mm-hmm. we're going to go there. But let's yep. let's just start with you. Let's talk about how your own story is based on healing. Yeah, it, it's been a wild journey. And um, I'm blessed to sit here today. Um, I, I got injured at work seven years ago. I was working at a nonprofit agency. Um, I was helping run an accredited school and residential program for adolescents with psychological, behavioral, and cognitive issues. I have a psych background, and I kind of worked my way up in the industry there. So I was working in a nonprofit agency. I got injured by a client at work, and I have autoimmune disease. So I never healed properly from my injuries. Um, I injured my neck, my back, my wrist, my ankle, and developed this very rare pain disorder called RSD. D, reflex sympathetic dystrophy, which is nearly impossible to treat. Oh my God. Can you just describe what I've that is? Heard I, of that. No one's heard, I know we've talked about this before. Just explain <laughs> a little bit what that is because it is pretty Good severe. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, also known as complex regional pain syndrome. Um, but RSD literally, um, you know, it's, it's wild. I was having synovitis in my ankle years after the injury, um, color changes, uh, temperature changes. Uh, trouble moving my limbs and then just the worst pain you can imagine. Um, So basically, you know, the pain receptors continue to fire off. Your body doesn't tell itself it's healing and it won't heal. Um, So, you know, I struggled with that for a number of years. Um, I was put on every opiate you can think of uh, when the opiates not only didn't work, but made me extremely sick. You know, they put me on nerve medication. So I was on, you know, Neurontin and Lyrica and couldn't even function cognitively. I couldn't even think of words. It was so bad. So I got off all the medications. Um, I even tried stuff from the compound pharmacy. I mean, they had me on ketamine tropes. Wow. Um, I was on ketamine (laughs) topical. um, And when those didn't work, they basically told me, listen, there's nothing we can do for you anymore. The only thing we can offer you at this point that we know to be certain uh, to assist with this type of ailment is ketamine infusion treatments. And I said to myself, oh, my God, once I heard about it and what it required, it was like going to chemotherapy. Yeah, that sounds horrible. And Julie, how old are you? Like 30? How old are you at this point? You're pretty young. I'm 34. So... You know, I was I was about 27 when I got injured at work, um, and it's it was just an awful experience, you know. I and I said to myself, "This isn't the life I want to live," you no. know. Um, I can't function like this. I can't function. I'm in pain all the time. I went from being able not to get out of bed or just take a couple steps a day to making an almost full recovery with cannabis and the holistic approach. So talk about your trip. Tell me how you ended up in Colorado, how your mom and your brother helped you through this and what, like, you know, for people who don't necessarily buy into this right away, just talk about what your experiences was when you went out there. Yeah, it was a wild experience. Um, my brother had just moved out there. He was, um, he was living in New York and he and his family just moved out there. So it was just a family trip. I'd always been an avid supporter of the cannabis industry. I wasn't a huge, huge user at the time um, and didn't really understand the concept of using it as a medication or using it, you know, as a holistic. Nobody believed it. (laughs) Exactly. Nobody did. You know, it was that fun thing that you did in college, you know, and it's it's always been there, you know, throughout my life. But I didn't know I could use it as a medicine. So. For me, uh, first time ever in a dispensary, it was almost like a desperate situation. I went in with my mom and my brother. My brother was late 30s at the time. My mom was in her 50s at the time. And um, 
first time ever in a dispensary, walked in with both of them and said, what do you have for paint? <laughs> and literally they looked at me and I explained to them, you know, I can barely walk, you know, and uh, I'm an excruciating amount of pain right now. Um, what do you recommend? So, you know, they started me on vape, you know, and some high CBD strains with the vape. And these are, um, so you're in a dispensary, just so people know, like when you go into the dispensary, these aren't trained, these are bud tenders. These are people who are knowing about the plant and they are dealing with people one-on-one. So they're really sort of the front line of this. And, they, exactly. and then they're, you know, they're trying their best to try to figure out what their products are, which they know and understanding what your symptoms are. Um, but again, which is great, you know, because yeah, a lot right. of times you go in, you know, I've been to dispensaries. I've been over a hundred dispensaries all over the country. Of course. Um, yeah. and we're, we're hoping that. Yes. We're working, we're working on a <laughs> dispensary tour. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Post so, corona, I mean, you know, uh, uh, I was very yeah. blessed to uh, talk to somebody that knew what they were talking about. It could make a good recommendation because, you know, I've been, again, 100 dispensaries. Not all of them are like that. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, you know, especially dealing with clients all over the country, you know, Florida, especially, you know, newer uh, system. A couple of years ago, I was helping my aunt with her cancer and we called and they just don't understand the products. Mm-hmm. They don't know how they work. They don't know the best recommendations for stuff. So it's kind of a hit or miss. It really depends upon who you talk to. I know. So, the so point I was they're, impo- they're, not- they're important in this um, process, you know, to be trained well and to be specialized. And, you know, uh, this it, it, these are medical situations that people like you are coming in. So these are, you know, important issues to talk about up front. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, butt tenders aren't doctors either. Exactly. You know, they're just people and, you know, they do their best that they can. So that's. Right. And it's oh, trial and error. Right. Confident, you know, you know, they <laughs> test the products, you yeah. know, so hopefully. Exactly. And, you know, the thing is, everyone's so different. You know, everyone's chemistry is different. And now with the whole terpene profiles and you could really now you could sort of cater your. Well, that's the goal. Personalized yeah, that's the medicine. Goal. Personalized. So, exactly. Personalized. So, how, how did this, so, so you're working with this. You weren't in the holistic medicine world. How did this transfer? How did this happen? Once you went to Colorado and had the experience, what happened next? I went to Colorado. I tried products a couple different vapes and stuff. And I found that they helped me immediately. You know, I, I wasn't really familiar with vapes at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really impressed that I got such a relief so quickly. Were you expecting it or were you sort of skeptical when you went there for the experience? Um, I mean, I went in with an open mind, you know, because at this point I had tried everything else from mm-hmm. the traditional perspective right. and it failed me you know mm. so for me i was looking for any type of relief i could get and sure. i was willing to try anything at this point yep um so i you know i was fortunate to find um products that worked for me and as soon as i came home i told my husband i'm like babe i, I, I you know i found stuff that that's helping and he mm-hmm. said listen you know if uh if this works for you i support whatever works for you that's going to make you feel better and go apply for your card because there's so many people out there that don't really need their card and have it. Yeah. He's like, you really need it. So go get it. <laughs> so it was like so, 2015. What year was this? Yeah. Before, it, yeah. Went, it, before was, it went, it was pretty, pretty recently after, um, the medical program opened up. I think it was like a year after the program opened. And was that intimidating? I mean, now it feels a little bit more normal, but I think people are still intimidated. Who did you go to, to actually get your uh, medical card? Okay. So the first time I went, um, <laughs> was in fall river. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you go every year, you know, so you start to, to know people. I can't remember the name of the Fall River shop. They were one of the only ones at the time, I think. Um, was it a medical, the, it, the dispensary, or was it actually like a... Um, no, no, big, it was one of the, um, you know, the cannabis doctors. The cannabis, okay, okay, yep. And um, as soon as they heard I had RSD and, 
you know, I have other autoimmune diseases as well. I have celiac. You immediately get the card, you know, like this is what I'd recommend for you. And Oh, good. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it was no issue getting the card, you know. They, what, did, what did you have to provide? Did you have to do anything? Uh, medical records? Um, yeah, I had to provide, um, you know, uh, an extensive history. Um, oh, I had to okay. provide medical records um, of the injury and stuff. And um, you know, I, I, that I now. They, they, they really, you know, loosened the... Oh, it took my friend 10 minutes to get his... Yeah, it's I mean, it was really it, just paperwork. It's it was, a different it process now. Totally different. 10 yeah. minutes, you don't really have... Yeah, but Julia came in and talked to her about it. Yeah, because right. we wanted people not to be nervous about it. So exactly. back when you did this, it yeah. was they were asking for medical records and other things. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty extensive when I first got, you know, my, my first card. When I went in for the second year to get it um, renewed, then it was just kind of... It, it was more lax, um, but, you know... I think because it's just a follow-up at that point. They have everything. So right. that's, that's um, it, has, it has transitioned, but that's interesting that you went in at the beginning. Were you nervous? How did it feel to go and do that? Um, it was a little scary, you I know. Imagine, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it, it was it was definitely something outside my realm, you know, um, because it had always been, you know, black market. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, so uh, to go into the legal industry, you know, uh, and not get it from, Hey, this is just a friend giving it to you. You know, <laughs> right. but then the dude and like it wrapped up in tinfoil and he passed it to you under the table here. <laughs> right. So did exactly. you did you talk to exactly. did you talk to your medical um, providers about when you started this process? Did you tell them what you were doing? So when I started the process with cannabis, um, I think I waited. I waited to tell my actual, you know, practitioner about everything because. At the time, I think I was just so uh, disenchanted by the whole experience with traditional medicine mm, and um, just kind of gave it a break, you know, because sure. I feel like the system kind of failed me, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, not only did I have RSD, but I got late diagnosed um, with a rare form of diabetes oh, throughout yeah. oh, my this God. process. <laughs> yeah, it, Unbelievable. It, it was a nightmare. You know, I was really, really sick for a long time and I'm I literally... So sorry. Was telling my practitioner for for a while. I was like, "Listen, I feel like I'm dying," and she's like, "Julie, you're overreacting. You know, there's nothing wrong with you. You're fine." And I just really felt like they dropped the ball. You know, I told them mm. for a long time, "I'm sick. I'm really sick. So something's seriously wrong." And really, your practitioners was, weren't listening to you. That's very upsetting. It, it yeah. was. It was. And I think a lot of times, in you know, working with clients now on a holistic scale, like hearing the stories from them is very similar because it's just, you know, the process now. I mean, 50 years ago, you had a practitioner, they would be able to help you with basically everything, you know? Right. Nowadays you go into a, you know, your PCP and they, they send you out to referrals, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, they, they do the best they can, but they're, they're just trained to kind of give you basic, you know, care at this point. All right. So you, so so, so you went from being a person who was pretty, I mean, obviously very ill and having, Traditional medicine's not really working so great, and now you're deep in the holistic world. So, what was the big, you know, what was the big leap? Well, the big leap was I was literally at that point in life where I, again, you know, I was desperate. Right. I was desperate. I, I desperate was so said isolation and rejection. Sick. That's my favorite. Oh. <laughs> desperation. No, isolation, I get it. Rejection. I, I mean, yeah. That sounds like a song. I know. <laughs> my, maybe Josh can write it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We get no, no, no. You're fine. I think it's great. I think it's great. I, you know, I was just at that point, you know, I was just sick of being sick and that's the best way I can describe it. Totally. Um, I felt like everything failed me, you know, the traditional 
realm made me sicker. And, you know, I mean, the proof is in the pudding. So right. literally I had gotten injured in 20, 2016, was sick for a really long time and then developed the diabetes um, four years ago. For me, you know, I said, I, I got to figure this out because, you know, the traditional route isn't working for me. No. Okay, obviously. Yeah. So I <laughs> started looking at You have to like, sometimes things need to break down completely and then we can rebuild them. So right. you, yeah, you, you're absolutely. Totally, so you totally rebuild. I, I had to completely rebuild. Yeah. <laughs> I've had to completely rebuild a couple times in life, you know, and, and that's just part of life. You oh, know? yeah, so totally. You, you get persistent. back up and exactly. exactly the lotus exactly it's all it's so, a theme here <laughs> it's a theme here at the end of my show no, right I, we fall I, down we I get up we fall it. down we get up <laughs> totally. absolutely so you know i was blessed to find stuff that worked for me um and i mean i had a big workers comp case and everything they told me literally you know julie i don't see you foresee you working again wow and if you oh. do work you know it's not going to be in this capacity we'd like to like offer you retraining in another field or something. And, you know, she told me, you know, the judge looked at me and said, listen, you know, this is something we can offer you, but I really don't foresee you working. You know, this is going to be a lifelong thing that you're going to have to deal with. And my advice to you would be to get on SSDI and call it a day. And I said to myself, I'm like, all right. So I just, I've I've met Julie several times and she's very, active <laughs> vibrant vibrant alive young young, young. <laughs> exactly, so exactly. That, so, it, ridiculous know, a couple of years ago people were saying she could never get off her ass and work again that's crazy no that's scary yeah it was a uh. crazy thing so you know i said to myself i said listen this is not going to be my life i told no. my attorney i said listen this is not the route i'm going down i am going to mm-hmm. heal i'm going to figure this out and um you know i appreciate it but but Thanks, no, but thank no you. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Next, yeah. so move it along. Yep. <laughs> exactly. I never took the training and I never, um, I never filed for SSDI. You know, I just kept moving forward and trying to figure out, you know, how to heal and, and, and move forward from this, you know? So, so, so how did you figure out how to get to Oregon? What was your like steps? Like, I, okay, I'm, I'm oh, going go, to so, so go to Oregon. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's so the my, wild thing is, you know, yeah. I, I had been using cannabis for a few years. I started to feel better. And, you know, when it passed here in 2016, I said to myself, oh, my God, it just like a light bulb went off in my head. And I said to myself, this is what I want to do with my life. I want to help other people. I want to, you know, because for me, no one told me there was another option. Mm, right. So for me, you know, I thought that was a, a travesty, you know, totally. <laughs> because it was working for me. And, you know, for me, I said to myself, I want to help other people with this. I want to make sure that that's people good, know. That, that's a good instinct, Julie. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Traditional medicine had failed me. So for me, I said to myself, I, I can learn this and I can help other people with this because people need to know about this. So totally. that's when I started my journey. I started learning everything I could about the plant. I did a lot of research and stuff. Um, and then in 20, January of 2017, I had met my now ex-business partner. Mm-hmm. Um, we had traveled out to all the legalized states and started doing market research. Um, again, I've been to over 100 dispensaries throughout the country, just learning about the products, learning about the setup, learning about how That's they amazing. discuss yeah. everything. So then I continued my journey and in April of 2017, I went to a business conference a cannabis conference out in Eugene, Oregon. And I was blessed to meet a bunch of different individuals that not only um, worked in the industry, um, but were, were also activists um, as well. So they told me, they're like, Julie, if you 
guys move down here. You know, I'll teach you everything you guys need to know about the industry. So literally a month later, I made the very difficult decision because remember at the time, there was only two dispensaries open in the whole state. Mm-hmm. Um, so I couldn't get the experience that I needed here in the state. Um, so I had to move out west to get. So you're sick. You know, you're like still state. sick and you're like moving out west and changing your lifestyle. Mm. I, how did exactly. you, what kind Crazy. of strength that took? Oh my God, Julie. <laughs> it, it, was, it was an incredible, incredible thing. Sad to leave my family, my husband, everything, you know? Yep. So I, I promised my husband, I said, listen, I'll be out there a couple months and I'll be back. Okay. You know? And, um, so yeah, I went, I immersed myself in the culture there. I learned everything I could about, you know, I started at the bottom. I started as a trimmer. You know, mm. and then I just kind of work my way up. Well, that's how you I learn a business. About... You have to learn it from the bottom up. I mean, totally. everybody knows exactly. that. You how can you run something exactly. if you don't know how it works? Yeah, exactly. Good point. So I, I was fortunate enough. I worked for three different medical growers. Um, I did everything from building greenhouses to trimming and then learned the grow process um, and then, you know, started learning about concentrates and how to treat, you know, uh, different ailments with certain things and uh Worked on, um, I worked for a nonprofit organization out there called Right to Grow, where we were helping preserve um, medical patients' rights. I Oregon, um, did some policy work and stuff out there as well. You like focused on one thing for an intense amount of time and really did what had to be done. That's, um, that's, exactly. a, good, that's a good way to do it, probably. It's so hard to find that. It's so hard for anyone these days to be able to like focus on one thing, but it is the best way to learn about something. You just dig in deep, you do it hard, and then you move on. So that's awesome. Exactly. Amazing. All right. Exactly. So you were out so there then, for a couple of months? How many months? Yeah, I was out there. So I moved out there in May of 2017. By September, I was like, all right, I got to go home, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I had my And, and what surprised you? Do you remember when you were out there? What surprised you the most about the industry or about the plant or about Oh, my God. Um, I The lifestyle out there surprised me. I oh, mean, really? It's what's different. the lifestyle like? We li- I'm, well, I'm, I'm cannabis, an East Coaster. People, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I had never been out West ever until like... Uh, 2017, never been out west. So for me, it was like a culture shock. Wow. Um, I went out there. I mean, people are very different. They're very laid back, mm-hmm. um, a little too lax sometimes. So it's hard to kind of do business with certain individuals in the industry. I you know, would, I would, I, like laid back and in cannabis. Yeah, that'd be a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you, so you have the laid back. I love you, everybody. Mentality. But like, yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You have the laid back mentality, but then you have the cannabis on top of it. So it just makes it difficult with certain people. And I'm just like a go getter and yeah. try to get as much done as I can and get as much out of life as possible. So that was kind of a, you know, a huge difference that I've seen, you know, compared to working with people up in the East Coast. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to be patient and stuff, and, you know, I was happy to work with everyone that I worked with. Um, so when you came back here, did you think we moved too quickly? Or were you like, thank God I'm back? <laughs> no, no. Um, actually, one of the one of the medical uh, workers, uh, individuals I worked with, you know, I had some business background and stuff, and, you know, I was helping them a lot with their stuff. So they asked me, they said, Jules, if you want to stay on, ask your husband if you're able to come out like once a month you know, and help us build our company. Um, so I did that. For, out, out, on, out in Oregon? You did that for a while? Correct. Oh, so nice. It was, okay. It was oh, so very, you got, very So you got business experience. So you had everything from like, you know, being the bed trimmer to like running a company. That's amazing. Wow. It, yeah, it yeah, was good. wild. So I, Women I leaders in cannabis. Yeah, they are. They don't just like put a bunch of money down. They like get digging deep and totally. they do everything so they know what's really going on. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yep. So <laughs> September I came home. 
And uh, my business partner and I had started our own company at that point. I was traveling back and forth from Massachusetts to Oregon, like pretty much every two weeks. So the the travel was really taxing on me and I still wasn't a hundred percent yet. So in June of 2018, um, I left and started promoting myself uh, locally because it was time for me. I was exhausted after traveling back and forth for so long. Mm -hmm. So I started promoting myself locally here in New England, um, brought back everything I learned from the West Coast to the East Coast. And um, it was funny, I had gotten involved with um, 13 Bullets Magazine. I met Dave Swordman right. mm -hmm. through some of my work um, and then started uh, getting involved with Normal of Rhode Island and Normal of Massachusetts and getting involved in activism here. You know, went to the Boston Freedom Rally and started making acquaintances and experience and stuff like that. So I was helping Dave out at the magazine. And in 2018, I met my now business partners, um, Jay and Leah. I would um, want to get to that. To oh, yeah. Boston Freedom Rally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so Absolutely. It, it's been a wild roller coaster. Um, I've been blessed every every aspect of this. Um, unfortunately, I had a, a, a bad business partner. I found out this past have, June. Haven't, haven't we all? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Male business partner, too. Joyce. So, <laughs> We're all down. Not you, Dave. Yeah, you know exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I found out they, you know, it, it, just, it, it was shitty. You know, I found out oh. they were doing stuff with the business behind my back. Of so course. This past summer, I yeah. completely rebuilt. Good. Um, and it's, it's been a blessing, you know. Sometimes uh, you go through difficult times to get to better times, you know. And, totally. Um, it was a blessing in disguise, so well, I'm much better off. Let's talk about what we met you at Rev Clinic. We were at um, the event, and you were representing yeah, 2020, which I know there's an issue you're going to postpone. Do you want to talk about Jane and Leah and about what they're doing and how, you, how you're working with them in the yeah, social equity? Yeah, it was a wild thing. We actually, yeah. we met at the Boston Freedom Rally. Um, I told them I was involved with the magazine and stuff. So and Jane, Jane and them. Leah, they're like, so just say who they are before you, uh, what they're yep, doing. So, yeah, so it's uh, Jason Cook Daniels and Leah Cook Daniels, mm -hmm. two uh, individuals that um, at the time when I met them, they were in the process of getting a dispensary license. They had applied. Um, they were kind of stuck. When I met them, uh, they literally told me, Julie, we've been calling. No one answers. We send emails. No one answers. Is cannabis like, Commission? Is that what they're talking about? Yeah. yeah. Cannabis Control Commission. Yep. Yep. So I said, listen, um, if I can help in any way, you know, I'm happy to help. So I really just kind of like their story moved me. I was working with Dave. Uh, Swordman at 13 Fools at the time, and Dave and I uh, tried to help them. So I ended up writing an article on their behalf and advocating for them. I was calling, I was emailing, mm -hmm. and they were they were really happy by the results of um, both the article and, you know, my assistance. So, you know, in December of 2018, they said to me, Jules, you know, you've, you've done a lot for us. And in the past couple months of knowing you, we've gotten, you know, a lot of progress. We'd love for you to work with us. Well, that's and nice. I really enjoyed working with them. And um, it's just, you know, we've been working together ever since. It's been. And these been, ladies uh, are very impressive. I met them at Rev Clinic, too. Mm -hmm. um, I talked to Jane a little bit lo longer, but just they're smart. They're focused. Um, they're uh, social equity applicants who have property and real estate. They're actually, they're E applicants. Oh, okay. They got in on the ground floor of okay. that two-week window. Okay. Um, 
And they're you looking, they're, they're looking and they're looking to start in Roxbury, which we had talked about property values last week, but I think that might be an issue that's mute now. But yeah, what's the weird? Well, thing? yeah. So it, <laughs> so it was crazy. They started out as EE applicants. Okay, they applied a year later for the social equity program and same address and everything in Roxbury. They they grew up inner city and stuff. So. Um, Roxbury, for people that know, is the Boston area. That's in Boston. It's the neighborhood in Boston that is the right. most um, probably impacted by this cannabis war on Correct. drugs. So that's, so, that's, that's, that's so what, interesting. So was once considered one of the impacted areas of the war on drugs. Exactly. A year later was deemed non-applicable. The same address that applied for EE. So regentrification is a real thing. It's amazing. The yeah. people like the neighborhoods that I, I used to work with homeless families and I advocated and I housed people and the neighborhoods I went into, you know, this is in the late 80s, I guess, early 90s. That was not a neighborhood you hung out in. And the idea that the property values at somewhere would actually be so high that they wouldn't qualify anymore is shocking. But, you know, everything's different today. So who knows what's happened? It's just like <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe it. A year later, they didn't qualify. Yeah, that's crazy. The real estate values in everywhere. You know, this is mm-hmm. this has been the issue even in my own neighborhood. You know, it's. And homelessness, and well, that's a whole nother show. Oh, yes. You know, I can go on and talk about housing forever. Mm-hmm. But, okay, let's talk oh, about yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a huge problem, not only in our, but specifically in our state, it's, it's a huge problem, you know. It's, it's unaffordable, and there's so much lack thereof. And, and, the, um, and that, that's something these, that we're going to be working on over the years oh, to, yeah. to introduce cannabis-friendly housing because Leah is a licensed co-compliance inspector and contractor. Oh, that's interesting. That's not something we ever talk about. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to talk about that. That's great. I, again, I used to work in housing. I used to work in uh, public housing. There's a lot of restrictions on people and they're using medical uh, cannabis. Why is it still called medical marijuana? Well, that's another issue. Um, but that's another show. That's another show. But yeah, no, so the idea that people who are ill or elderly who are not allowed to consume or there's no place for them to consume. That's interesting. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a huge problem, you know, and we see it and that's something that, you know, we would like to work towards as a goal because, you know, it impacts all of us, you know, Um, a lot of people in the industry, especially staff that we're going to be hiring, you know, all consumers, a lot of them have trouble finding housing. So, that's another. It's, um, that's well. When you come back next time, I'll talk about that. So, absolutely. Oh God! And I then we can talk about great. real estate and the Corona. No one can find anything now. Oh, that's true. Amy's the real estate thing and the Jewish cannabis connection, which I was going to talk about, but I think <laughs> the, JC, the new JCC. <laughs> right. Oh my goodness! Which actually goes right back to Roxbury and housing, because right, that's it's all interconnected. Yep. If you know enough, you can find the connections. Okay. So absolutely. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> I, we do want to do our quick news section, but I want to talk one thing about what are you doing with your cancer patients and your advocacy? Um, is that the work that you're still um, focused on? My aunt had a very rare form of cancer. She had triple negative breast cancer, which is, you know, very difficult to treat. It, it continually comes back. Yep. Um, so she was diagnosed in 2016. And, you know, I saw her suffer through the whole process. And the only time my aunt ever went into remission was when she was taking the cannabis oil. Mm. And um, wow. sadly, like a lot of patients do, when they start feeling better and their numbers go down and, you know, they, they become, in, you know, deemed in remission, right. they stop taking it. So that's exactly what happened. My aunt started feeling better. And um, she literally, she said, I want to travel. I want to do stuff. So she ended up going on a, you know, like a month long trip, stopped taking it. And then, literally, the cancer just came back full force um, and spread spread all over her body. So, um, so the medical issues with cannabis, you know, they're 
there's so many levels of this, but the idea that finally, you know, people are able to access it through medical marijuana. They still are having very little guidance with medical professionals. Um, I have heard bartenders talk about how they're educating medical professionals who are willing to listen. Um, but this is going to be a huge generational shift in terms of um, medicine. I mean, when did you understand there was an endocannabinoid system? I don't even know if they're teaching it yet in medical schools. So there's only two or three, I believe, in the whole country that, that teach about the endocannabinoid system. And that's a sad thing because this is very much like the immune system and mm-hmm. it's a very intricate part of the body. I mean, there's terpenes and, yeah. you know, a number of food products that we consume, you know, on a regular basis. And is that and, like, and um, do you see that that's sort, sort well. of like down the road? How do you, you know, as a person in this, from all different angles, do you, we talk about personalized medicine, but what do you see coming down the road in terms of medical professionals and working in cancer and anything that people aren't sort of aware of yet? Do you think this is going mean, well, to, given the current impact on our medical system right now with everything, this could be a huge shift as well? No, I think, I think we're definitely going down that road. I mean, even just seeing, um, you know, big pharma, patent, CBD, you know, epidiolic yep. stuff, um, they, they know. I mean, they've known about it. They've for a long known time. They've really long time. They, yeah. There's a patent on actual cannabis hmm. from, from the, I think, 60s, I believe, from clinical trials that they were doing. Because um, they originally, they had started clinical trials many, many years ago to kind of disprove that cannabis is like a, a detriment to people's health. Well, and they found yeah, with these studies that they did exactly, the complete opposite. Exactly. Which is when people, when people tell me like there aren't enough studies and what I, my pushback is that there are medical studies, but the truth is the ones that were used to prove that this is so dangerous always backfired, but no one would ever advocate for them. They would just use that one study Correct. from Louisiana that said that it killed brain cells, even though it was wrong. <laughs> right. And that's all I remember Correct. from the 70s. Yes. Correct. So I can tell you, we're, we're going with the industry and how we want this to play out. You know, for us, uh, we want to be different, you know, as far as dispensaries go. We don't want it to be, hey, there's just a list of, you know, stuff that you can take. And we want to make it more personalized. We're working with Rick Naya, who's the great grandfather of hybrid cannabis, um, who is a genetic uh, genius when it comes to strain development and stuff like that. Wow. Um, so he's going to be our cultivation partner. And we want to really try to mold this industry and um, make it personalized for people so that people can come in and say, hey, um, we know that this specific strain, you know, with the research uh, helps this specific ailment. This would be a good recommendation for your personal, you know, situation, that kind of thing. So no, people I think that's so- say, hey. So, so, Julie, what time, like, I know we're running a little low. I just want to make sure I get another plug because I want to have the girl, the ladies on anyways. Um, what I know you have your provisional license is there, and there are things all head up at CCC. Do you have a date? Is there a goal for when the dispensary would actually open? We're hoping for the summer, but it's really going to depend on the Cannabis Control Commission. And when everything's being shut down now, I don't know. You don't know. You okay. know. But this is going to be in Roxbury on uh, Blue no, Hill? No, no. Gonna be, so this is, oh, is going to be in Holyoke. Oh, this is Holyoke. Oh, this is separate. Okay, the first one. Okay. Yep. All right, but we'll um, talk about we that. Did try yeah. It, yeah, we did try to open in, in Roxbury. We had a very difficult time with the city of Boston. And everyone said go into the city, and she figured out it was backwards, that you right. can't go in the city. Nobody wants you there. Hey, AIM, guess what? We have something big coming up. I know, this is very exciting, and I can't wait. Because it's something that, it's hopeful, it's happy, and it's exciting, right? Absolutely. Okay, kids, everyone who's listening, we are starting a new campaign here at the Cannamom Show. This is a campaign for attention, because there are so many great stories out there. We want you to hear them all. And this is what we're doing to help have them heard. Mm-hmm. Because do you believe that cannabis has the potential to transform the world? And our love, justice, goodness, and hope, the words that warm your heart, then you are going to love our campaign. 
a bong for mom. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> for the next six weeks, Amy and I and all of our friends, all of our Canada Mom Show ambassadors, will be focused on educating and entertaining people about cannabis by building our audience and getting their stories out into the world. Here's how they're helping and how you can help too. The Canna Mom Show is creating a home for all the stories that need to be told because that is what moms do. And our founding guest and friends of the show, we're going to help us find more people to hear their stories and they're going to help more people know us too. Mm-hmm. And this is what we're doing, Aim. Do you know what we're doing? I think I know what we're doing. Okay, what's today? What's today? <laughs> today is March 19th and... The significance is it's... It is my mother's 85th birthday. That's great. And my mother is now in lockdown. But we are going to go bring our ice cream later. But we are launching this A Bong (laughs) For Mom campaign. Hashtag A Bong For Mom. Or Bong For Mom. Yep. Got that? Both. Both. (laughs) And our goal is going to reach 5,000 listeners for the Canada Mom Show by May 10th, which is Mother's Mother's Day. Day. Yay. (laughs) And doesn't mom need a bong for mom? (laughs) (laughs) So the way this is going to work is over the next six weeks, they're going to be hearing a lot from us. Our Mm -hmm. ambassadors are going to be pushing out their show on their social networks, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to make it a little bit of a competition. Mm -hmm. So the show that gets the most downloads are going to get a gift on my birthday, Mm -hmm. May 11th. The Canna Mom Show with the most episodes, downloads, will get a gift from me, the bong quilt. And this is something to be seen when it took her she was like a maniac with the quilting i was very stressed she was stressed (laughs) and she put all of her energy into creating and what better thing to create than a a quilt with a beautiful black velvet bong on it it's pretty gorgeous so you can see it (laughs) it's really nice up on our facebook page it's up on my linkedin she's amazing uh picture so (laughs) from our podcast Perch, we can see that the wide and far of this industry, and we understand that the transformations are to come. Yes. And Amy and I, well, we love talking about cannabis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we like meeting all the hardworking women in this business, and we love that this is an emerging industry, and we believe all those stories need to be heard. Totally. So, starting today, March 19th, Yes. Um, with this episode that we are releasing today about Get to Know Your Host, we are going to be talking about the bong quilt get to know all the shows and it's going to be great and i hope that you will join us because you know when all of this crazy is over cannabis is still going to be there that's right it'll be there for you it'll be there for you so totally. thank you and remember to focus <laughs> on the cannabis mom show and follow the hashtag a bong for mom and bong for mom bong bong <laughs> We're going to do a quick little news segment. We're trying this out new today, Julie. So you're our first guest. And we'll see how it goes. All right, ready? Go. Yeah, well, there's a lot to talk about in the news today. Oh. <laughs> yes, breaking news. <laughs> so there's a lot of news with corona and cannabis. How is the coronavirus going to affect the cannabis industry? I actually think it's not going to affect it at all. Cannabis sales are on the rise. People are stockpiling. And a lot of the local dispensaries are now moving to um, takeout, just like a restaurant. You have to order ahead, and they will tell you when it's ready, and then you can go in and get it. I know Mayflower was doing that. Revolutionary Clinics in Cambridge. Liberty was. Liberty. Liberty's still open. They are still open? You could still walk right in. Okay. Yep, I was just there the other day. ComCan, I think, was opening in South Bar today. Were they actually doing that? I don't know, but you know, I was thinking we should go to ComCan. 
I have to go get ice cream for my mother. It's my mother's birthday today. Oh, happy birthday, and Debbie. She's, and she's in quarantine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what do you think? Do you think uh, marijuana stores are going to be? I think there's a run. I don't know. Julie, you saw it's like toilet paper and cannabis seem to be like on the same level <laughs> at this point. That you know, I yeah. know. It's, uh, it's incredible. I think it's wonderful that they considered it um, an essential which is great because Absolutely. a lot of the stores were going to be required to shut down and people stepped in and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, this is medicine. <laughs> you, know, you can't shut it. Medicine yeah. for people, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's almost backwards. Like, we we're kind of, like, frustrated with the medical dispensary mm-hmm. rollout in Massachusetts, but I think it's going to work to our advantage because yeah. all these medical dispensaries that are, um, well, well, they all had to be financially secure at some mm-hmm. level to just get in. They all had a lot right. of equity just to be here, so... Hopefully they have deep pockets mm-hmm. or deeper than a small rec dispensary would have. So we'll see. Maybe that'll help us here. Yeah, yeah. And here's a funny article. How potheads are rethinking marijuana etiquette amid coronavirus. Now, you know, I'm a joint smoker. Oh, yeah. And I love passing the joint. And we talked about this. No more. No, no, no more. So what you, I think what we have to do is roll several joints. And sh- yeah, you know, yeah, everyone has their own. Well, that would be ideal. Yeah. But, you know, in my, that's not going to happen. Oh, what about the, the tips? Yes. I want to make these tips. Well... Yeah, I'm going to talk to your your nephew. But I think everyone should have their own tip. You know, like something pretty. You know, like I was thinking a hot pink one or different colors. We could do 3D printing. Oh, yes. So, Julie, my, my nephew yeah, is a I 3D do printer. That. And I think that this is a hemp. This is an option for a hemp. You can do hemp. Mm. in 3D printing I've yeah, seen this online that I like that. and they'd be little tips everyone because personally. I have to I, I have glass tips that I use yeah. but it would be nice to have something pink and doesn't you know because the glass gets dirty and stuff but whatever yeah. absolutely so, don't I don't know if you the ladies ever been to the hookah bar they have what we call the the hookah condoms oh yeah, <laughs> so, yeah the silicone so the little plastic tips that go over the hookah so very similar concept and exactly I, it's very easy to make you can make them and do the mold with with hemp plastic and then exactly. you have an eco-friendly yes. product for All everybody. All right, you know, this is changing the world. I always say cannabis is going to change the world. So Yes. This is going to... I agree. I, I, even, even like, so I will say that I love those, my bong, those little vases. Oh, I love that. So I have several of those now, so we each have our own <laughs> on the porch. <laughs> Everyone gets... You get a bong. You get a bong. You get a bong. <laughs> well, my children are home from college now and we have a lot of cannabis and last night they're like, mom, there's no alcohol in the house. And I'm like, yeah. I don't drink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, other parents yep. have lots of alcohol. All you have is pot. <laughs> I know. Hey, you know what though? You're not going to have all the ailments the other parents do though. <laughs> so. Maybe. Here's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if smoking, uh, smoking weed will actually help our lungs amidst this crisis. I'm reading an article, uh, Cannabis Lobby Warns Against Smoking Due to Coronavirus. I could see that with maybe vape pens because you don't know it. But with regular weed, I wonder if it's going to help our lungs yeah. fight I mean, off. Yeah, Julie, have you heard? I have heard different things. Yeah, so really, like, I, I want to believe that. that. I mean, for, for yeah, me being yeah. autoimmune, <laughs> oh, yeah. for me being autoimmune and stuff, yeah. um, I'm not smoking right now. I'm just right. taking edibles. That's good. Because, you know, for me, and I'd recommend this for other autoimmune patients mm-hmm. or people that are prone to lung infections to just be to be mindful of that because, you know, any smoke is smoke and it can True. agitate your lungs if you're autoimmune, you know. So my thought is for, for those particular people that are high risk, I highly advise them to, to do edibles at this time. You I know? think so, so, yeah. Edibles, tinctures. You know. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Yep, exactly. Drinks, those THC drinks. Oh, the THC drinks from Comcan. Those are great. Yeah. The sodas. And just to keep, like oh, yeah. just to keep those it calm. Absolutely. And then, yeah. and then really if they want a really doctor. good full extract cannabis oil is, um, you know, Mother Nature's mm-hmm. best edible, I think. You know, no mm. sugar, no crap in it. You know, it's just pure oil. Totally. Um, and, and that's really helpful. So right now, that's kind of what I've been doing. Mm-hmm. Just 
just as a preventative, you know, because sometimes, this, yeah, there's so many options now. There's mints, there's chocolate, there's gummies, there's spray. Tomescal Wellness has a spray. Any way you want to consume this, you consume it. I think one more. Exactly. Well, it looks like Denver's uh, annual 420 festival is canceled. And I wonder if all of the 420 events are going to be canceled across the United States. I'm going to assume so. I think so, too. You know, the guidelines right now, you're not supposed to congregate more than 25 people at a a spot. And I think they even dropped that lower, too. Um, so they, they just don't want crowds of people, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I get it. I understand. We're going to have to pull, postpone our stuff as well. Yeah. This is, like, this is like a world made for introverts. We're all like just sitting in our homes and smoking pot. I know. It's my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> it is. The introverts are psyched. They're like, I, yeah. I live like this all the time. It's yeah, like what's, normal. What's different? People, um, oh, yeah. you know, it was, it was funny. People were asking me, they're like, well, are you enjoying the time off? And I said, time off. I said, this has been busier for me than. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah. There's you no know, time off time ever. Off. There's never yeah, time off. I mean, all I do is laundry. No. All I do is laundry and clean <laughs> toilets. It's like I've had, I went from like being an empty nester, nothing, to like my children were air lifted up spade in like Arizona. Like it's been chaos. So well, all I do yeah. is go to dispensaries <laughs> and stock up on weed <laughs> to make sure me and exactly. all my friends. <laughs> She's a good source. Exactly. Okay. You know. So I still have clients, and I'm that I'm helping that needs stuff. So it's like, mm. I can't just shut down. No, so, no, of course. You know, I'm, I'm out. I do the best I can to stay safe, you know, but I have no, to go I know. to the post office and mail stuff. No, I know. I, I have, have to go to the post office today. I know. I have to go to Home Depot later. On that note. All right. On so that note. That was good. That was perfect. All right. So you got some like little <laughs> update. Julie, on that note, um, <laughs> if people need to find you or get you, obviously you're very busy. People who are your clients or, you know, you know, you're there. How would they reach you? They can check me out on Facebook. Um, holistic hemp solutions. Okay. Um, that's the best way to get in contact with me. I haven't. I do have a website, but I haven't even set it up because I haven't needed it. Yeah, um, it's that's been, okay. It's, yeah, it's been beautiful. <laughs> actually, um, word of mouth has done really well. Fantastic. <laughs> and, and, and well, you know, I work off referral basis, and so. we meet. We know, like, in the, it's a small industry. It's a small state. You know, we all sort of see each other around, so we know we're real. We're not just people on Instagram. Exactly. We're not just a little exactly. square. We're not just a little I, square. I have clients. <laughs> I have clients all over the country, you know, that um, use either my oil or my salve or people that I've consulted with. You know, I've shared my experiences with holistic health and what worked for me with different things. So, you know, and I share my my knowledge about um, about cancer as well. And a lot of times I consult with cancer patients, you know, and And try to give them ideas about food and nutrition and supplements and what they can be doing to help. Cannabis saved me during cancer treatment, so I hear you. So this is what she's out there. My friend Julie, she's out there saving us and making sure that we're safe. So Thanks, Julie. For another great (laughs) show. You're welcome. I'm trying. I try hard. It's it's a nice tribute to my aunt, you know. This is something that I do. I don't charge cancer patients for anything. Um, That's nice. On that very nice note, I actually have to close out the show. (laughs) Absolutely. For for my amazing guest today, Julia Mejia of Holistic Hemp Solutions, thank you for calling in. Stay safe. My Thank you so much for having me. Amy Searles. (laughs) I want to thank Josh Lampkin for writing and performing the Canamom theme music. Our business team, Kelly Dolan of Retail Results and Laurie Lynn of Think You Bader Media. I want to thank our attorney, Kim Kramer of McLean Middleton. And most especially, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to The Cannamom Show, where we are talking about integrating cannabis in our lives, changing the narrative around cannabis and caregiving, and empowering women-centric cannabis businesses, one canna story at a time. 
And I'm Amy Searles. Please follow us on social media at The Cannamom Show on Instagram and Facebook. And please subscribe to our podcasts anywhere and everywhere you listen. We'll be there. Spotify, Apple, Google, and our website, thecannamomshow.com. In pod 617, I am Joyce Gerber, and this (laughs) is The Cannamom Show, a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on PodCon X. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at The Talking Hedge podcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out.